What are the messages and tools you've been taught to deal with death and loss? Are they helpful? Today, Jeff and I are going to discuss the different myths of grief and whether they are helpful tools to deal with death, loss, and disappointments. Hello, we are Jeff and Tony Brabeck, the founders of Our Little Sparrows, Pregnancy and Infant Loss. And if this is the first time that you're listening to our podcast, feel free to check us out on www.ourlittlesparrows.org. All right, Tony, so today we are going to talk about the myths of grief. Mm-hmm. So let's start with number one here. What are some of the myths of grief? Well, these are things that we've been taught and how to deal with disappointments, loss, things that happen, tragic tragedy or some otherwise. So usually the first thing that we're taught to do is to not feel bad. Um, when you hurt yourself and you're crying, someone tells you, oh, don't feel bad. Or essentially what they're saying is don't cry or... Um, you know, I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to feel good. Right. So um, it's like they're trying to wish it away or sweep it away. Yeah. You know, what does that tell us? It tells us that feeling sad or bad is not a good thing and that it's not okay to cry or express frustration or sadness. Um, so we're taught to kind of ignore those feelings and trying to manage our emotions so that we can get onto better and good feelings. Right. And Which I think is fairly normal in today's society. Oh, yeah. It's been going on for a long oh, time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of like... We're not talking about anything new here. No, it's been for, I don't know, generations probably. Right. And so this it's is... just never been labeled. It's Yeah. It's just not something that um, we're t- taught to accept that, you know, feeling sad sometimes is okay or feeling right. bad. So we're taught to kind of like stuff our feelings down kind of ignore it, right. get past it, and move on. And um, cool. think about something brighter and cheerier. cheerier and right. Then you fall down, pick yourself up. You'll be okay, right? Yeah, That's yeah. kind of what we're, we're Keep going. to do. So, right. um, so what does that do? It causes us to ignore what is the actual feelings and the grief that we might be feeling and to basically just ignore it, which could be in the long run more detrimental Sure. Um, although it can fix, put a bandaid on it temporarily, but in the long run, right. it may not be good for us. I'd say more than anything, what you're saying is that the the end result is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If we don't, don't deal know, with don't it, deal with right. things, it will affect you. Could be years down the road. So. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could. He'd even drive two people to divorce. I mean, that sounds yeah. extreme. I, I know, but oh, things yeah. add up. Things build up. If we don't learn to communicate. Our, our experiences and that like it's worse emotional toll that it can bring yeah. then it can build up and it can cause havoc in our lives right so it i mean i hear what you're saying and, and i do understand a lot of this because both of us have been trained in the grief recovery method mm-hmm. so i mean initially you're talking about what are, what is a myth of grief and it's basically let's just do whatever we can to keep moving forward you know sweep it under sweep it under the rug no harm no foul we're fine we'll be yeah. okay but what what does that cause, right? You know, or, or, or not, uh, actually not cause, but what's another way of saying, you know, that we're trying to move, move, move beyond the negative situation so quickly. Um, it, it means we're trying to replace reality, mm-hmm. you know, and we replace it with different things, right? Yeah. There's different ways of replacing the loss and, and saying, oh, let's just, let's just keep moving. Everything yeah. will be fine. Kind of another way of saying we don't want you to feel bad, so we want we want you to find something else to feel good about. 
So one of the things that um, you might often hear is, especially in the case of, say, you were in a relationship with someone and yeah. um, they broke up with you or you broke up with them, and a person whose way of showing support to you in that breakup is to say, oh, don't worry, mm -hmm. there's plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah. You'll find another person to date or, you know, marry, kind of like um, when you lose a pet, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you can get another one. Um, right. Yet, or we'll get another one. It'll right. we'll do it soon. Yeah. And in our case, like ours, where you we've lost babies during pregnancy, right. a lot of the comments that you might hear from someone to try to offer you comfort and support is that, oh, don't worry, you're young, you you'll have another one. Right. And as as you know, genuine as that comfort and support might, like a genuine place of support that might come from, it's not a helpful statement because it's like, no, I. I really wanted this baby. Right. I wanted, you know, this baby to to be here with us mm -hmm. and it's no longer here and and it's basically saying I can't mourn right this baby. I well, can't I, mourn that relationship. Right, but some people may say, well that's a different level of loss. Like that's oh, a baby, that's much worse than a dog. That's much worse than losing your girlfriend as a teenager and now you got to, you know, go through the the aches and pains of heartache and and heal from that and then and then get back up on your feet and and move on. I mean, it's a baby. Like that's different. That's what someone would say, wouldn't they? Well, yeah. I mean, it is different, but at the same time, you kind of have to realize that everyone's experience, no matter what it is, that's their reality. Okay. You know, and we cannot compare different situations to each other. Whether you lose a baby or you lose a pet, or at least we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I mean, we do naturally as human beings. Yeah. It's kind of second nature. It's this person, uh, you know, this person's lost their baby. This person lost a pet that was near and dear to them. We don't know the full uh, relationship that was had between right. that person and their pet. Like, it could have been a very significant loss to that person. And, yeah, some people may say, oh, it's just a dog or a cat. But that relationship was real to them, mm -hmm. and it was significant to them, as, as well as with a baby, even though the baby is not yet born. There's still a significant relationship sure. with that unborn baby, and um, it can cause a lot of feelings of grief and sadness. And so, well, I think it also makes people uncomfortable uh, that are not in your situation. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of initial reaction with even family can be awkward mm -hmm. where they don't say anything yeah. or they avoid you, you know, situations of being around you, especially if they know you're, you're, you're carrying a life limiting, you know, situation like what we experienced with our firstborn Olivia. And we didn't experience that with our family, but I'm saying others that, that we are now friends with and, and that we've also done, you know, monthly grief um, support meetings with and, and we've led those meetings. A lot of common threads is friends and family don't know how to react mm -hmm. or they don't know how to support that individual. So sometimes it's very isolating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I would agree. I think um, sometimes to in an effort to try and show support to people, they assume that um, the grievers want to be left alone and right. um, that we should, you know, let them, you know, not bother them. We don't want to burden them with anything. Um, right. But I mean, devil's advocate. I also feel like that's the easy way out. True. If you know what I mean? If people just don't know how to go about it or they don't want to because yeah. it's awkward for them, they can resort to, oh, I'm just going to let that's them That's too easy. Right. Because, um, you know, they, they need their time alone. They, that person needs their time to grieve. Right. And it could just be coming from a place of like, I don't know how to 
be around this person. I don't know what mm. to say to this person. So that sure. could be like their excuse to kind of avoid that person. Right. And I think that's not a helpful tool for anybody. Um, and when it's not good to assume that a griever always wants to be alone. Sure. So, or that you don't know how to help. Right. You know. Um, so one thing to check yourself with is that, um, you know, al alone time is good some of the time, but don't assume that they want alone time all the all time. All of the time, yeah. So check with them, check in on them, you know, step out of your own comfort zone. Because if you were going through a really difficult time and you felt you were alone all the time, maybe it would be nice to have someone pop in and say, hey, I just want to check and see how you're doing, you know? Right. And, um, and it is a very personal experience. So, yeah. I mean, it's obvious that you do feel alone because it is about you. And how could anyone else help me through this or support me through this if they're not me? Yeah. And so sometimes we as the griever need to also be open. Right. You kind of also have to almost advocate a little bit for yourself. Oh, for sure. Communicate to others. That, Tell people you know, where you're it's at. It's okay if you ask me how I'm doing. It's okay if you want to ask me about the baby I had that is no longer here that yeah. died. Um, or or you don't have to call me every day. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that calling me two or three times a week is amazing. Yeah. We do kind of have to speak truthfully right. to what we need from others. Or because every situation is just completely unique and different. Mm -hmm. And everyone's different. So yeah. I think the point here is just not to assume that a person who wants to grieve alone, you know, step out of your own comfort zone a little bit right. and check in on them. And they will have to tell you, if, yes, I'm okay. Or no, I actually would really appreciate some company or I could appreciate a meal or something right. like that. We, the grievers, you know, as much as sometimes um, we don't want to, but it is a little bit on us to communicate clearly um, sure. if we need something. So, um, again, it's just not assuming that um, being alone is is what everybody needs. So, yeah. I know some people think you know time heals all wounds. That's a that's a very common phrase mm -hmm. used in our society. Um, at least in North America. I mean, it's, it is, you're Canadian. <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about North American, uh, mores and values. Anyhow, um, I think, but I think that's very common. I think it's common. It's like, it's like, okay, it's like each day is a new day and new things are going to happen. And just over time, that situation is going to just get further and further you know, apart from the grieving and, and at some point they won't be grieving anymore because enough time has passed, you know, yeah. and that's not, that's not fair mm -hmm. either. Although I think it is true to one degree or another, right. uh, life does have a tendency to move on whether you're ready or not, Right. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, like time in and above itself, it does help the more time or distance from the the event that happened to where you lost your loved one or your baby. Um, and we're talking about pregnancy loss. So I'll re I guess I'll refer to babies as losing a baby as, as an example. Right. So the time that you um, have lost your baby, the more distance from that time, it does, it does help in the sense that things be kind of come less, less raw, less intense. Sure. Um, but it's not to say that time itself is going to heal all wounds. Um, I think it is, it is a helpful tool in the process of recovery, but it's not 
all that we need. Um, right. I mean, I I feel like the wound can heal, but the wound is still yeah. like like the remnants of the wound are always going to be there, right? right? Whether it's a scar on the outside or a scar on the inside, mm -hmm. a scar is a scar. Yeah. It kind of like, you know, give it time or time heal the wounds kind of implies that we don't have to do anything but wait. Oh, right. And yeah. so, and, but I mean, you're right too. I mean, I think the, the wound, if you think of an actual wound, I mean, you have to tend to it. You have to, you know, make sure it's clean, clean make yeah. sure that you put the appropriate bandage on and then, um, you know, that it's given the, what it needs to heal effectively. Right. And in the same way, we have to give our hearts and ourselves what it needs to heal effectively. Right. And time alone is good, but it's not the only thing that we need. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that we also have to tend to, um, in order for it to our hearts to heal effectively. Yeah. I don't know if this is no, I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think too it's important to know that um like you said earlier, we have to advocate for ourselves. I mean, we have to let people know what our needs are, right? Because um, they don't know what they don't know, especially when you're dealing with, you know, um, the heart. Mm -hmm. Because the heart is a tricky thing. It's very individualistic. Mm -hmm. um, what that person's going through, the struggle between rationale, what their, what their brain is trying to reason versus what their heart is telling them or what the, what they're feeling, their emotions, right? Those two are not always in concert, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's hard. Uh, I, there's a misnomer that when we say advocate, we say be strong. Mm -hmm. Like we have to put on a good face. We have to we have to be the, be tough for, for ourselves and tough for others. Right. And I think that's another, you know, pitfall or arrowing uh, in the grief process that I think is a total myth. Yeah, I think we have to be careful as to what we're saying when we say ad advocate for yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, you have to be, um, you know. Something that you're not. Something that you're not. Like, it just means advocating for yourself is just recognizing where you're at. Yeah. And acknowledging what your needs are. And sometimes you need to ask for it yourself right. or, or make it so yourself sometimes. And so maybe initially you do have to kind of get some courage up mm -hmm. so to speak but i think at the end of the day it's it's just being willing to be um vulnerable mm -hmm. and honest yeah vulnerable acknowledge sometimes it's it's hard to acknowledge we're in a difficult place right and to admit that to somebody right and so when, and that takes some courage it does take courage um and um and just a willingness to say hey i am not doing great right now right I, yeah. you know, I could, you know, someone just help me out with a couple meals this week or, right. um, or know, ask I your just... husband to go ask for help for certain things or, yeah. or a girlfriend, you know, we've talked about it in the past about an advocate, yeah, right. As someone to help advocate with you for you right. that and knows your situation. And just having someone, you know, calling your close friend or, or relative and saying, Hey, I'm having a really hard day right now. Can I talk to you for a few minutes and, yeah. and just that person to listen it's tough so, man it, there's a, it's a balance because you don't want to you don't want to weigh too heavy on someone because they have a life too and i know that sounds cold but it's yeah. again like i said a moment ago life has a tendency of continuing to move right forward mm -hmm. you know 
you can't take back that hour. You can't take back that day. You can't take back that month. Like it's already. It's still also looking if that person cannot be there for me the way that um, I would like them to be. Right. You know, what are other ways that I can look for support? You yeah. know, expand. And more than one person. Resources. You, you know, know, it's not always one person. Yeah. There's support groups, maybe, um, maybe connections through your church or whatever that right. you might. You know, you might be surprised at what kind of support is out there, but you won't know unless you look. Right. So yeah. there's a little bit of there where you do kind of have to put some effort in. Yeah. I mean, everyone's situation is different. Some are more complicated uh, than others, and some have seem to have all the support in the world. Mm -hmm. They're so different, you know, and, and everything in between. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So did you, okay, so, um, it, I mean, other than trying to feel strong, like you're being strong for everyone else and not mm -hmm. being able to support yourself and find support, um, there is a sense of, and it kind of goes with the, you know, time heals all wounds, keeping busy, right? Like some people throw themselves into their work. Some people have uh, existing children already and they and they just pour themselves in into their children right. and they're kind of putting off the grief mm -hmm. that they uh that they should be um dealing with embracing allowing it to process right mm -hmm. i mean there is that aspect too right yeah i think a lot of sometimes we hear um people i'm just gonna keep myself busy and you know basically not think about things that are hard and difficult um and and it's kind of in a way sometimes you know like you like you mentioned like being strong for others like we pour into others we pour into our work we pour into keeping um our families going and you know making sure the kids are doing what they need to be done and and the pets and everything we pour into everything else and that's part of being strong for others yep. part of being keeping busy and um, so, and, and again, these things in and of itself are not necessarily bad things, but um, there is a balance as to how much are we focusing so much on our work or projects or our families, and then we're right. not paying attention to the, the um, maybe the warnings or like the emotions that are maybe building up inside of you stemming from your loss or losses and so um again these things may help temporarily in the moment but in the long run you may find that um you know there are elements of your grief that actually are trying to demand your attention right and so um when we keep busy it does elevate you know keep you know it does help keep you focused to some degree and motivated to you know keep moving sure. in life have but, some sort of routine yeah routine but there's also you know we have to keep a check with ourselves as to you know how much is it now we're off balance right has it gone beyond routine and now it's kind of a numbing a numbing situation or a, you know a medicine or a bandage right like we just put it we're just putting a bandage on it mm -hmm. we're not really dealing with uh the actual wound right. itself yeah and i think too just to quickly clarify sometimes when we say grief we're also we're not just saying the emotions surrounding grief, but there's also experiences that come with grief, like you know feelings of regret or um, feelings of things that you wish you had done differently or 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 better or things you wish you had said. Those all things can contribute to right. the overall experience of grief. So when we're talking about grief, we're talking about all of that. So yeah. that can bring a lot of complex 
things, which is why people want to keep busy and focused on other things. You know? Right. It's hard to, to deal with things like that. Right. I mean, ultimately, these myths are just not healthy and they can produce a lot of like secondary issues. I mean, um, so, I mean, these myths, you know, not feeling bad, replacing your losses, you know, try, feeling like you have to grieve alone and not bother others. Right. Um, you know, just give it time. You know, if I just let time pass, it'll go away and maybe I'll get pregnant again and then I don't have to think about it. Um, or trying to be strong for others and, and, and in doing so, keeping busy and putting projects in front of your grief. There can be a lot of secondary issues that come from that. And so these myths have um, adverse effects on our lives and they're, they're just not helpful. No, I think what we're trying to say and calling them myths is that they are not accurate tools to help us with things like disappointment, death, loss, grief, um, unmet expectations and hopes and things like that. Um, it gives us a false perception that, um, you know, not letting ourselves cry or feel bad are things that are going to help us in the long run. Right. Not allowing ourselves to feel vulnerable and share with others about our experiences is is that, you know, that's not really what's going to help help us in the long run. But that's not necessarily true. Um, we give the analogy of trying to paint a room. And if you're given a hammer and a screwdriver only to paint the room, that's not effective sure. way. It's not going to be um, good coverage and it's just not going to look very nice. And right. so um, in, in dispelling what these myths are, we're in trying to give you the proper tools, more effective tools in dealing with loss, death, disappointments, and other things. So that's why we're bringing up what some of these are the main myths. I'm mm -hmm. sure there might be other ones out there, but I think these sure. ones are kind of give a good overall list of what we are told even as young ones how to deal with sad, you know sad things and hard things right mm -hmm. no i agree please join us for our next episode as we discuss whether healing really is possible or if we are stuck in our grief for the rest of our lives we hope you found this episode helpful and we want you to know you are not alone you are loved your baby will always be cherished and we are here to support you in any way we can we appreciate you listening to the podcast today. If you can please give it a thumbs up, leave us a comment, letting us know what you'd like to hear uh, in future uh, episodes. We'd love to do what you guys want to listen to. You are loved as always.